Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I am betting all of us would like to be first, have the best seats, be the ones in the parade or in the middle of the action, whatever it is, and just not be the ones watching from some distance. We might want to think we are not those people, but entire businesses are built on putting people in front of others. It is in our nature to desire to be in the best places, and it is to a degree or level that money can be made. Examples, get advanced tickets, the good seats, when you have that special credit card in your wallet. And for the right amount of money, Disney will at least make you feel like you're one of the most important people at the happiest place on earth. They will escort you to the front of the line and get you up close to your favorite characters. It is not in our nature to want to go to big events only to be in the back of the venue. And we do not want to stand in long lines. And if there is honor to be had, put us in the places of honor, up close to the action. Put us right up near the speaker at the rally or at the sideline of the big game or at the front of the line for the ride. This translates into many forms of seeing oneself as special. I'm amazed how some people simply drive. On many mornings when I drive down Meridian from north of Westfield, you would think there is a scoring tower, checkered flag, and at least $100,000 in cash waiting for the first one to hit the backup at 116th or 106th Street. It's not so. Why do we want to be first in a possible place of honor, even if only in our own mind. Jesus had been invited to dinner at the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees, and they were watching him carefully. They were again hoping to catch him in some error or failure related to all the Sabbath laws. They were looking to accuse him. He noticed them, too. He went straight to work with a question as they judged his every move. He asked, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They remained silent. These were the leaders of the leaders. They keep the law and should have the answers to these kind of even possibly tricky legal questions. Having no answer from them, what does Jesus do? He heals a man with dropsy. We don't know what dropsy is. Dropsy for me this morning was my car keys hitting the floor instead of, you know, staying in my hand. But um, it would be what we might call today edema, swelling in the extremities and the legs. And it probably would have come with a whole host of medical issues that would have led to the condition. Jesus heals him. We should have no doubt that the man was anything except instantly healed, completely and fully. Swelling gone, movement restored, breathing restored, heart ailment or other underlying condition cured. Jesus doesn't do things halfway. He said to them, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on the Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? Silence again. Of course they would. It was the unspoken answer. They'd call 9-1 and their neighbors to get the job done. The need for mercy would overrule the law. And this is what Jesus displayed as he healed the man. And they could not reply or offer a rebuttal to his actions. 
He was also watching as those that were invited maneuvered into seating that displayed their honor. They wanted the honor that the best seats afforded and indicated. Jesus tells them a parable about guests invited to a wedding feast. It repeats the wisdom of Solomon that was read in the Old Testament lesson. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. I won't speak for you, but when someone blazes by me on Meridian at 7.30 in the morning, or any other time or place for that matter, I'm looking forward to see them sitting with some little red and blue lights flashing behind them. I mean, I'm doing the right thing, only going 65 and a 55, but they deserve it. They get pulled over, and I, along with many others, get moved to the front because we are more lowly or slowly cruising along at above the speed limit, but not like them. How easy it is to elevate ourselves above another, to think we deserve that better place in line, seat at the playoff game, or safe passage down Meridian because we were only 10 over. I want my place of honor at the table. And, and what a table these Pharisees were at. It was one where they were celebrating a Sabbath meal just the way a Sabbath meal should be kept, according to the law. Now, do you wonder if they ever watched each other, you know, when Jesus wasn't around, to see how one of the others might break a law and do it wrong? It fits the mold of another parable Jesus told. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. In fact, yes, I have earned my place of honor at the table. But the tax collector standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Our sinful nature wants to take credit for any good that it sees in us. It also wants to downplay any evil thing in us as well. Our old Adam wants to win the day and does so at the expense of those around us and at the expense of our faith. Instead of being merciful and even praying for those caught in sin, we give thanks we are not like them. At least, well, you know, in that way, we seek to elevate our position, garnering a better place at the table. We sin. We sin a lot. We sin every day. And we have no excuse before God to claim a place for ourselves in front of another or in a place higher than another. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. There's often a lot more Pharisee in our old Adam trying to justify ourselves than there is tax collector in us crying out, God be merciful to me, a sinner. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever sinned while in the process of confessing your sins? This is the total corruption of our flesh that wonders, even de- that wanders, even desires to run away from the things of God. In our epistle reading, Paul reminds us of the unity we have in the body of Christ. 
He urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. This does not sound like got to get the good seat at dinner before that other person gets it kind of language. We're to be humble. And why? He goes on. There is only one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You see, in baptism, we are all one in Christ. We are joined, woven together as one in Jesus. We are part of the same body, and it is in this union that we are equal, humbly standing before our Lord in this life to receive his gifts of forgiveness for our sins and eternal life. We come together as one body to receive this, none greater than the other, because we are clothed in the same white garments of Christ and share equally in the salvation he freely gives. When Jesus attended the dinner, he was in the lowliest place. Even as he performed the miracle and healed the man with dropsy, he was not seeking to impress those in attendance to improve his position at the table. He humbly was before them, the Son of God, come down into his creation to save sinners, to save you and me. He came to humble himself unto death, at the hands of those who hated him, to restore and reconcile mankind to his Father in heaven. He did, what sin, he did what sinful man, you and I, can never do. He set aside his glory and any idea of holding on to it to literally become sin for us, to become the lowest of the lowly and the most despised of all flesh. In doing so, he restored our relationship and standing with God the Father. Now he connects us, self, us to himself and the Father, all of us together. In a feast of his body and his blood, he gives us strength to preserve us. What earthly treasure can we aspire to beyond this? As heirs of, his, of this kingdom with Christ, there is nothing. Jesus took the worst seat to give us the best one. To humbly have faith in this forgiveness and to cherish it above all else is a gift of God through the Holy Spirit. Seek a lowly place at this table and receive the eternal life God freely gives through Christ. In it is freedom from seeking all treasure, place, standing, or honor to be obtained this side of creation. Amen. Now this, may this peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.